0: To another episode of Before I Die, I'm your host Joanne Tickle, <laughs> Mister Pickles. Silencio. What are you, a critic now? My guest today is Beth Boverd, hypnotist, entrepreneur of her own beauty potion business, Knockout Colors, and former stand-in in the film and television business, which is where we met, and a dear friend. Welcome, Beth. Hey, honey. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Thank you for being here. So every show starts out with, before I die, I want to...
1: Before I die, I want to take a helicopter ride at night through London and see all the places I used to live. Oh, my God, I want to do that, too. Oh, I know. Doesn't that sound great, especially at night? I mean, I'd like to be there in the daytime, too, but there's nothing like the city at night with the lights and everything twinkling, and I think it makes it way more magical.
0: And London is a magical place. It's actually one of my favorite places in the world, um, the shopping, the fashion, the, the the history, the people. My grandparents were British. And, um, and my mama is from Newcastle. Oh, there you go. I'm a Jordy. There you go. So, so I don't want to skip over any of this. Um, where did you used to live when you were in London and what were you doing there?
1: Well, I was hanging out. I mean, I moved there when I was 22, but I, you know, which isn't really that young, but my uh, well, my brain, I don't think, was fully developed. I mean, I was pretty much living every day like it was a Wham! video. <laughs> hanging out, doing my thing, walking up and down the King's Road, buying stuff on uh, my mom's credit card. At the market? and uh, Yeah, and just trying to be as cool as possible. And just I just loved being there, and I just loved being part of the scene, even though I wasn't really part of it, but I certainly made my own. And uh, I lived... Well, for a while, I, I had several different places that we lived. And, you know, I lived at the Columbia Hotel for um, for quite a chunk, more than once when we were in between flats. And wow. the Columbia was a very famous rock and roll hotel. And there was always...
0: Still there, isn't it? It's still
1: there, but I do, it doesn't have the... Uh, it, it, I don't think it it's the same. I think it's a very popular uh, hotel that's very packed and they always have a lot of business. But back then it was kind of a place where, where it was affordable. It was affordable and people in the music business stayed and everybody felt comfortable there. And maybe it was the rates. I'm not sure, but the bar was always open. You could, uh, you know, London didn't shut down. It was, well, it did shut down, but it was always open when you were at the Columbia. And, um, everybody stayed there it was the place to be and back then in in the 80s it was um you know we didn't we didn't have social media we went out all the time and we had to be seen and we had to get it's dressed true. up and we had to represent ourselves because you know we weren't taking photos that's for sure we yeah. were just uh we just wanted to be there and be part of things and i was just so happy to be a part of of being there, and because everything was so exciting, and the music, and the...
0: What were you doing there in terms of, um, uh, you know, work or work? job? well, or-
1: I did. I went to Humber College, and I studied uh, radio broadcasting back when, um, you know, it was a course. I think I was in the last year that it was offered, and it was really fun, and I'm still friends with a lot of the the kids that I took um, radio with at radio school, but it was pretty close to impossible to make any money for me in radios, but I loved it. And I did a radio show live from London every Thursday night called Truth or Makeup. And it was hooked up to CFNY in Toronto. And um, I did gossip and it, it it was back when gossip wasn't so big and it was kind of weird and it was kind of, I can't believe you're saying that, but I was – you know, I tr-
0: I tried to uh, – I can't imagine you saying anything like super controversial. Never. About anybody. No. And I wouldn't
1: say – sometimes I didn't want to name. I wouldn't want any marriages to break up. I wouldn't want anybody to get into trouble with any drugs or any kind of behavior that might get them in trouble. I kept it really kind of um, – Clean and um, positive, if that is a right. Thing. And I tried to keep it funny. And it's weird because I
0: barely remember. I did it for four years. And who were you? Who were you friends? With? Like, were you friends with some of these people that you, that you talked about? I was friends with
1: everybody. I was friends with Duran Duran. I was friends with Wham. I lived with um, the lighting designer for the Simple Minds, and he. Um, and I was friends with all of those guys and I just knew so many people. My friend Saul had a record company and he would always take me to gigs and
0: didn't you date someone from Nigel?
1: Oh, Nigel. Uh, Nigel Preston from the yeah. cult. That's right. Yeah, he was the sweetest boy. I mean that's before I that's
0: before I, yeah. I met you. But you're still friends with his family, aren't oh, you? Oh
1: gosh, yeah. Before Nigel passed, he um I lived with his family, his sisters and brothers, in South London, and I'm still very close with them. It was that's really sweet. And he was a an amazing guy, and he was a wonderful drummer. He, he had some troubles, but he, right, he um, was the sweetest sweetest boy ever, and maybe the Aww. cutest boy Aww. ever. Yeah. So yeah, I knew. I just knew everybody. I I made sure that. I talked to everybody and everybody talked to me and I would tell them I did a gossip show and everybody would say, oh, my gosh, this happened, that happened, and you wouldn't believe this, but please don't say anything. Ah! <laughs> and, you know, I'd be looking at them thinking, oh, come on, you know you want me to say it. but you That's know, why they're telling you. That's why they're telling me. But I always got that, please don't say anything. Oh, I don't know. Hilarious. I did the show forever, and I barely remember anything I talked about because, you know, as you know, gossip is very disposable, and you just yeah. don't seem to remember it.
0: Well, that's why Afterwards. it's that's why it's great that you did it once a week, because by the time the next Thursday arrived, people w- were ready for something else.
1: I remember my friend David Austin was in uh, Wham! He was George Michael's best friend, and they grew up together. They went to school together. And I remember um, hearing about how Andrew Ridgely wanted a nose job so bad. So <laughs> they concocted this... Story that they were out at a party and some champagne bottle got, uh, the cork ended up just flying off of some very expensive champagne bottle and landed right into Andrew Ridgely's schnoz. <laughs> he had to be airlifted to the hospital. Well, maybe not airlifted, but I think that's what ended up happening in the story and, um, had an emergency nose job. <laughs>
0: And this is what you said on your gossip show? Yeah. Oh, well, you're such a good
1: friend. Well, you know, we all knew. I oh. mean, that's you know, once you get expensive champagne and and flying corks in there, I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> that's good. I love that. That's so nice for you to cover up for someone's vanity. <laughs>
1: now everybody's getting everything done. It's not such a big deal <laughs> yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry but the cork went flying and hit me square between the eyes and I had to have emergency botox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh did you oh, did you live Alone in your apartment or did oh, no, you live in I had the flat?
1: I had my best friend was uh, Annette and she was Swedish. She was a model and uh, her boyfriend, Steve, who is from Toronto and he is a um, lighting designer. He's the one that was with Simple Minds for maybe forever. And we're still very close. And Claire, who is uh, still my best friend who lives in Los Angeles, not counting you. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, we all lived together in this big flat in Fulham. And Steve and I were laughing about it because we would never be able to have that place now, this gigantic three-bedroom house in Fulham. And it was just beautiful. And, you know, because everything is so expensive now. But it was just incredible. But they left me for a while. They all went on their fabulous, look at how great I am ways, because they were all beautiful and successful. And then there was, you know, me. (laughs) And um, (laughs) there was this time where, you know, we were having so much fun and, and, you know, living there and just being part of everything. And then all of a sudden, Annette and Steve um, went on tour for Simple Minds. And and that was also a model, and she was going to model in in Italy, I believe. And then there was Claire, who was going out with Simon Le Bon at the time, and she was touring with Duran Duran. And I was left alone in this gigantic flat, and it was really, it was really weird for me because I was so used to being around my friends, and it was my birthday, and. It was awful because I was all by myself, and I couldn't handle it. I was too young to be able to deal with being Billy no mates, <laughs> and I remember you know, I had this crush on this boy that I, I liked him so much and and he was super cute, and he was supposed to phone me, and we were gonna go out and um he never called me, it completely iced me, and I spent this birthday just being oh like, no. so depressed. And so the day after my birthday, I got a call from my friend Alan, who was manager of Nico, the Chartr the the singer from the The Velvet from the Velvet Underground and uh yes, and spectacular model of days gone by. Oh
0: god, yeah. He asked me And singer.
1: And singer, like Yeah. Just yeah, everything. And the original Goth Lady that nobody even New. And so Alan asked me if Nico could come and stay with me because her flatmates had just come out of rehab for heroin and she was still using? using. And they didn't want her around. And they didn't want her around. And so it was the day after my birthday and I was super lonely and I'm thinking,
0: oh, I could do heroin. I could. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That
1: was the weird part because, you know, yeah, Nico could come and stay with me because I definitely knew who she was. I knew the Velvets. I knew everything from reading all the Andy Warhol books when I was a teenager. And um, I was super excited. I had met her once before. I was super excited for her to come over and keep me company. And it was weird because... All of a sudden I invited Nico to come and stay and
0: that's crazy. It
1: was. And I but you know I will admit Joanne, because it was under the veil of uh heroin. Yeah. which was you know not great. In no. fact it was horrible. Yeah. But um I chose to say you know what she can come and stay and um it turned out to be maybe the most interesting 3 months of my life. Did she show up with her harpsichord? She did. It was a harmonium, and um, she showed up with it. It came later, actually. She oh. showed up on my doorstep with just Alan Broder, and it was I think even later on that day. And Alan Broder, and um, she had just a duffel bag. Oh my God! And a VHS copy of the movie Atlantic City.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, Bert Lancaster and yes. Susan, uh, Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Susan Yeah.
1: That was her favorite movie. Oh, my and God. And she showed up with the copy of Atlantic City, my favorite movie. Oh, my God. And we watched God. it that night. We sat there. That's very weird. brown, Lazy Boy uh, furniture that came with the apartment, the flat. And wow. And we watched it. And, uh, yeah. And, and we became best friends. Wow. Yeah, it was... It and,
0: was and, and was she... Um... Oh, was she uh, like a, a girly girl kind of, or was she like? I always, you know, whenever I look at her, I th- think of this sort of ice queen, this like, this beautiful, strong, um, uh, yeah. sex symbol who was maybe more comfortable comfortable around men than women like she didn't seem like a real girl girlfriendy type but um Uh,
1: I I think I'm going to agree with you and I don't think she um I think she was quite like that but you know her and I she she was really grateful to stay with me yeah and she had been living in Brixton with a bunch of people Ooh, and it was I think it was just really relaxing because for I mean,
0: those for those of you that don't know Brixton Brixton is still even ten years ago you could go to London at night and ask um a, a cabby to take you to to Brixton and they would just like peel off and they wouldn't they wouldn't take you there because it, it has a reputation of being quite rough and uh it used to be a lot of squatters there and I, I think it's changing now oh no it's it's really
1: different now. yeah but yeah back then there was a lot of uh Drugs. Riots and stuff going on. It was in a time of unrest. Yeah. Say, and, um, but so she came and, you know, just little things like she liked my bathtub and she didn't like water. She didn't like taking a bath. She didn't like the feeling of water on her skin. And I guess that's because, you know, she was a junkie. A, yeah. And, but she liked my bathtub and we had a really chill time and she was, um, I, and she was incredibly uh, funny, and she was kind of like a fairy godmother to me. She made me laugh, and I, I mean, as I said about my birthday and being by myself, it was almost like the universe, you know, sent me Nico, because I, I was, I was so um, lonely, and then all of a sudden I had this, you know, live-in friend that had this. Were when you,
0: I, were you ever tempted? No. Never. No. Because you'd experienced being around people that were using. Yeah. And you knew that no, you would never go there. She said to me,
1: and, but you know, she said a few very profound things to me about heroin. And, um, I said to her one day, cause I used to, I used to ask her a lot of questions about, um, stuff. And she was very honest with me. And one day I said, Nico, don't you ever get sick of, Playing the same old songs, and I I remember this, like it was yesterday, I said, playing the same old songs like Femme Fatale and All Tomorrow's Parties, and she said, no, because when I do what I do, it's like a different experience every time. Right. Which uh, I'm like, okay, well, I get bored pretty quickly, so I should stay away from that stuff.
0: Oh right! <laughs> but, You know,
1: I, yeah. I mean, like yeah. it was a very interesting insight to her um, addiction, right? Say, but you know, I I was young. I didn't want to
0: be, a, you know, a junkie. Oh,
1: who does? I mean, no, nobody, damn. nobody
0: ever makes that choice. I just
1: accepted her for being, you know, having this this
0: thing, and
1: it yeah. was it was okay. And you know, she was a an icon. Yeah, but. At this point, you know she wasn't on top. Now we look at her as you know this legend from days gone by. But yeah, there was a time there where it was just very uncool to you know do heroin and
0: yeah, she became sad as as she yeah. got older and was sort of aging out of that that um, period mm-hmm. um, of being the muse. Um, I'm sure it was very difficult for her to, to figure out what she was going to do and how she was going to get out of that, um, how she was going to c- carry on. I was
1: really surprised when I heard that she had started methadone, but I think it was very trying because after a while, you know, she couldn't travel and she couldn't go anywhere, and and it was, uh, you know, making her life kind of sad. Oh,
0: yeah. Well,
1: very sad. But anyway, she was very funny and she spoke very poetically and she spoke in metaphors and she said things that were just hysterical. And then she'd say, did I say something funny? Well, you know, she'd, <laughs> she'd say things like, Beth, the water is boiling to death. <laughs> and I'd be killing myself laughing. And she'd say, did I say something funny? <laughs>
0: Now, do do you know, did she keep up with any of um, uh, the other musicians that she, you know, uh, recorded with? And, and, uh, you know, back in New York and any of the other Velvet Underground types, did they ever, do you know if there was any relationship at that point with them?
1: Uh, Yeah, Um, John Cale and her were very close and he would call the flat and they would talk and I would talk to him every so often and he was super nice and he always seemed to be concerned about Nico. And I'm going to say that he was one of the only ones that I can remember and made sure she got her royalties and he was always um, kind of there looking over her. And then there was, I'm not sure what album it was that they were going to work on together, which must've been around 1985, 86. And, um, she, uh, um, I remember her getting off the phone with John Cale, and her saying to me, "Beth, do you know where I can get a viola, not a violin, a viola?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my like,
0: god, no. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I gotta ask you, did you ever? Okay, let's talk about sex. Yeah, no, the store. <laughs> Vivian Westwood store. Don't panic. (laughs) As you rapidly shook your head, no.
1: Get me out of here. (laughs) You didn't say it was this kind of podcast, Joanne.
0: (laughs) You should have just assumed. Jeez. Um, Did you ever go to uh, the shop? Well, I went to um, World's End
1: all the time, but I think sex was... Closed? Way before my time. World's End was just... Spectacular. And when I moved to London, um I would go there constantly. It was God, it was the still perhaps the Buffalo girls look, and it was everything that Vivian Westwood made was just kooky on me. And it didn't fit me. And it was just not made for hourglass girls with boobs and hips like me. And it was made for waifs. fabulous models and waifs that because she played with proportions that made that if you're going to cover up your existing ones, y- you better look okay with it. But for me, everything looked bad. And I used to go there all the time and they would have sales at World's End and try on stuff. And, and uh, everything looked bad on me. I desperately wanted something from there. But when I think about all the stuff that right. I didn't buy, I still have I – actually, I do have a few things. Never looked good on me, but I kept them. I held on to them. Oh, yeah. My friends would be with me, and I'd say, what about this? And they'd be just <laughs> nodding their heads. No, I don't think so.
0: Wow. I'm jealous. I'm jealous because I wish I had some Vivian Westwood, although you can you can. – I'm going to plug this site. I can't believe it. But you can go on this site called Poshmark, and um, people resell – um, things and there are some vivian westwood dresses on there and and jewelry but it's, it's always a size thing you know um i find that the sizes are so tiny and and it's kind of like you know trying to find a vintage um 50s or 40s they they were just so tiny um you know, it was it was the prior to putting all the crap that we had in our food that came into our food in the seventies, all that, you know, Pop Tarts and um and uh uh you know, hamburger helper and not even that, Chef Boyer D pizza. Don't get me started! My mom was a consumer of all of that, including a nice cold glass of tang. <laughs> Yeah. So no wonder I couldn't <laughs> fit into any of my mom's dresses by the time I was 17. It's always good to blame your mother for everything. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, I think that your Before I Die is fascinating. And I would love to go with you on that helicopter ride over one of my favorite towns, London. Um, We just have to figure out who's going to finance it for us. Yeah,
1: isn't this part of a crowdfunding? Your
0: oh, wait a minute! Link up your what the hell? You've just come up with a fabulous idea! Oh my gosh! We need money to keep my (laughs) podcast going. Please, (laughs) please send what you can. If everyone in the country sent me one (laughs) dollar, I'd be a billionaire. We'd be on a helicopter right now, flying over London. Well, thank you, Beth. I am so happy you did this for me. And I know you just did it for me because I know you're very private. And, uh, you know, I'm just really glad. You know I love you, Joanne. I love you, too. Thank you so much. And come back anytime. Okay, baby, I will. Okay. Bye, Beth. Bye, baby. Thanks for listening to another episode of Before I Die with Joanne Tickle. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Till next time, because this is not the end.